Hello, it's been a while. I just find it. I don't know. It just tickled the right part of my brains. Yeah. What's up, nerds? Hey, it's Luke and Dane, and it's the Boys Who Cook podcast. Hey, guys. We're back. Episode three of Boys Who Cook. Um, here with Dane and also one of our really good friends and classmates, Mackenzie. So um, we're going to kind of talk with her today, interview her, and um, honestly, probably just like giggle and laugh, tell some funny stories like we normally do. So. Yeah, nothing new here. So Mackenzie, what what specialty are you going into after you finish medical school? I am want to do family medicine. Okay. Why did you pick that particular specialty? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I came into school thinking I wanted to do OB-GYN uh, because I just really like the fact OB-GYN's that... OB-GYN's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Luke. <laughs> I, I convinced Luke to do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really like the fact that it was like a little bit of everything, but then the more I kind of got into it, the more I was like, I don't know that I only want to focus on women's medicine. I really like pediatrics. I really like geriatrics and some of the most uh, rewarding moments of medical school so far is just counseling somebody about weight loss or counseling somebody about diabetes care. Um, so I think I just want to have like the most broad spectrum I can. I know like some people really want to be the guy that like knows everything about one thing, but I want to be the person that like knows a little and knows how to like point people in the right direction mm-hmm. about a lot of different things. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I feel like family medicine docs sometimes know the most information because they have to know so much about so many different things. Oh yeah, for sure. One of our professors during uh, first and second year who actually ran our uh, kind of clinical class during those years was brilliant. And he was a family medicine doc and I really respected him. Yeah. Now family medicine is a really cool specialty um, because like McKinsey said, you know, you have this great broad scope of practice, but also too, you are, are kind of on the front line, so to speak. You're the one getting to like make that differential diagnosis, see the patient first. Um, yeah, it, it's a really cool specialty. Um, so would you say that like a work-life balance factor into that as well? Like how many, like as a family physician, for those that don't know, like compared to other specialties, what's kind of work, work-life balance there? Yeah, that's definitely important to me. Um, and I know like a lot of the specialties that are typically more demanding or going more towards shift work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, def- I just had, like, this image in my head of, like, being at my future kid's, you know, soccer game or baseball game or something and, like, getting a call that I have to, like, go to the hospital. And there's nothing wrong. Like, I totally respect people that, you know, care so much about patients to be able to make that sacrifice for their patients. But, um, you know, just having family super important to me and, mm-hmm. and being able to, like, give my all to whoever I'm with was kind of one of those deciding factors. Like when I'm with my future kid, I want them to have my full attention. When I'm with my patients, I want them to have my full attention. And I didn't want there to be like this weird overlap where either one like questioned my commitment to them. Gotcha, gotcha. I think that's something we've all seen where there's the parent that, um, and it's not just medicine, but there's the parent that's always working and sometimes they are missing out on like some of the biggest moments or what would be a big moment for for kids I mean I was really grateful growing up to see my parents at my ball games um that was really huge to me and and you know there were kids that their parents never came and and I often wondered what they did and and sometimes that's because they were working or you know they had other obligations and stuff but but that that's a big deal yeah 
I think it definitely matters to kids, and it matters to me, too. Like, I want to be able to see my kids just to see them, not, like, not for them to be like, oh, my mom's there. Like, that's definitely one Mm -hmm. important thing, but I just want to be there just to experience that with them. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, Mackenzie, Luke and I have talked a lot about our experience in medical school. Some of our, like, best and worst times, funny times. What's, like, your most favorite memory from the past three years we've been here? Oh, man. My favorite memory. Or just a good memory. It doesn't have to be, the, I guess, the best. Good but. memories. Um, man. That's a tough one. Um, like, maybe we'll just start with something a little bit more specific. Like, what was your favorite rotation this semester? Maybe besides, with maybe the exception of family medicine. Okay, so family medicine was mm-hmm. definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke and I were actually on pediatrics inpatient last week, and that was probably one of my favorite rotations so mm-hmm. far. It was just, a great time. Just because, like, I I am not, like, the type of person that loves to be in the hospital. Like, that's why I, I lean more towards, you know, clinic and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we had great residents, just a great team overall. We had really interesting patients, and I felt like we spent a lot of time with each patient. Yeah. And that's kind of been my – that's kind of been my uh, – hold up with inpatient medicine is I feel like sometimes you don't get to spend very much time with patients. You spend like a lot of time talking about the patients, mm-hmm. maybe not with them. Not with them. I feel like peds inpatient, there was definitely this uh, community of like, what is going on with these kids? Like we have to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, it was just really fun the whole week. Cool. You know, and something else Luke and I talked about, Luke and I have discussed how we, you know, transitioning from that preclinical kind of environment to the clinical environment was actually kind of a tough one. Mm. Um, you know, we've mentioned that, you know, we're super excited, but once we got into it, it actually was a tough transition. What was your experience starting third year in that transition? So I started out with psychiatry. So. Okay. So, 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 so maybe you had a lighter introduction. But you're like, this is medicine? <laughs> Yikes. So basically my summer was super long and it was awesome. Actually, it worked out fantastically because I was moving into a house. And so um, Caleb and I, Caleb's my husband for listeners, we actually were like flipping this house while I was on psychiatry. So that... Uh, Maybe that gives you an insight into the awesome lifestyle of psych. Um, no, it was actually, like, a really good experience. Um, but I will say, like, so I did psychiatry for six weeks. That's what our rotation is here. And then um, I went to the <laughs> emergency medicine selective, which is two weeks. And I got down there, and the physicians were like, so you want to go see a patient? I was like, sure. I have I haven't talked to anybody, or I haven't like talked to anybody about anything except depression and asking if they're hearing voices. So I don't know exactly what. And they were like, well, you'll probably see a lot of that down here too, anyway. So, <laughs> nice. so it was a pretty easy transition for me. Mm-hmm. Although I know a lot of people like to have psych later on in the year as kind of a respite from <laughs> the rest of the year. Yeah. It was. It's what I did. Yeah. yeah. It it worked out for me like what was going on in my personal life at that time yeah okay. being busy cool. yeah cool. no that's great um so you mentioned your husband you know what what is it like you know um, for i mean dan and i are, are single men but uh, what's it like to be married and to have that support you know is that something that you would obviously i'm sure it's something you would recommend but you want to just talk about that a little bit like yeah for sure um well i definitely recommend um if you're going to have a spouse like make sure that that spouse is very supportive of you 
um, because med school does like take a lot and Caleb is just like the most supportive human being out there like um, you know I, I, I don't think I could have got through med school without him it's yeah. just like or I would have been a lot more miserable probably <laughs> but just as far as like having somebody that can like you can vent to and it's not like your colleagues and um, somebody that can like cheer you up when you've had a terrible day and just kind of distract you like that those have been like the biggest most impactful parts of having that relationship um but also like the the other perks are like you know if I'm having a super busy week he'll like cook every night or he'll like do all the dishes wow, do that's the laundry. that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I'm gonna need to have a conversation with my roommate <laughs> oh my I don't th- I don't think he's gonna make meals for you every night Oh, that, that, <laughs> that ain't happening. I mean, my roommate's engaged, and he's been doing that for his fiance because she, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's no way that would happen for me. I mean, he, he looks out for me for sure, but it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really want to wash your underwear. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or do my dirty dishes yeah. or et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Pop my pimples, which is gross. He's like, nah. But. All right. Uh, change of subject. <laughs> uh. So... Um, what was your, I guess, maybe favorite part of the preclinical years? Like, what was your favorite class? What did you like? What did you dislike about our preclinical curriculum and kind of how med school was before we got in the hospital? So really quick, you know, Dane just asked like a succession of questions in a row. And what happens when we do that with patients is like, sometimes they only answer one. So, so like (laughs) when I say that, I mean, what, what my general question is, is like, I, I do want you to kind of like answer a more broader question. Just like, what did you think in general? Yeah. Your best Just reflecting on, reflecting on your, on your years. preclinical years. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm glad we're past it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Amen. Sum- <laughs> summarizes that up pretty well. <laughs> all right. Next question. Next question. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I feel like I did really well with it until right up until we were like done with classes and started studying for step one Mm -hmm. like that just tanked my morale for whatever Mm -hmm. reason just being at home set like just sitting there reviewing for eight to however many hours a day that just tanked my morale but before that you know some of my favorite classes I really loved repro um Great class. Actually, I really liked neuro, the class. Honestly, a lot of the preclinical, like, my opinions are just based on how organized it was. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there wasn't a ton of subjects that I, like, I mean, this makes sense because I want to do family medicine, right? So there wasn't a ton of subjects that I was, like, just felt super connected with, but I really enjoyed all of them. Mm -hmm. So the, my opinion is solely based on, like, how good were the professors, mm-hmm. how good were the PowerPoint slides. Like, yeah. That's a, that, honestly, I mean, I'm sure that probably has been shared by a lot of us. I mean, I was a big fan of our hemopoietics class because it was so organized, yeah. right? And we had pretty much, I mean, we had a couple of different people lecture, but pretty much the same people lecturing, mm-hmm. so they could make sure that we got everything we needed. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. I think pathologists should teach basically all of the preclinical curriculum. Mm-hmm. I definitely understand, like, having specialists come in to talk about, you know, how we get to dif- different differentials and things like that. But mm-hmm. for a lot of those nitty-gritty details, pathologists are just able to organize it in their minds mm-hmm. in a way that's, like, very teachable. Yeah, and I think, you know, with all of uh, higher-level education, just because you're a very smart scientist or you're a very smart clinician doesn't necessarily make you a great teacher. Um, and so it was always really refreshing 
to see someone teach us who maybe wasn't necessarily the expert on the topic, but they were able to organize it and teach in a really good way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes like experts in their field just know way too much. Then like as you're learning it, you're kind of like, that's an information overload. Um, I don't know. I feel like the faculty have to understand that like, although we need to learn like how to do everything, we also have to learn like what's going to be showing up on our board test, which Mm -hmm. in a way kind of sucks because Mm -hmm. you have to teach the test a little bit more. You do. Um, And, you know, that's which is kind of fact of life for us Mm -hmm. because step one, what's so important for our class. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did, they tried to kind of walk the line between that. And I think they, they, they did that well sometimes. Sometimes they didn't, but you know, you can't be perfect. So, no. Um, So, McKenzie, what do you have like a really funny story from medical school that from something something else did someone else did a resident did you did like i mean I dane know. and i have a plethora we, we seem to have a great <laughs> list of stories honestly you know um we, <laughs> we could go on forever but specifically <laughs> do you have anything that you just was that is just hilarious um man i'm sure i do i some of the things that like i mean Surgery was just like a time for us all. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually took surgery with McKinsey, so we yeah. can all kind of chuckle because yeah. we know. <laughs> McKinsey and I were actually on one of the same services for a while, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that service was good. That service was good. Um, but yeah, do you. I feel like most of my stories are just like some of the residents on surgery just. I mean, just do just trying their hardest to fulfill all of the surgery stereotypes that you've ever heard of, <laughs> and it's like, do you not realize what you're doing right now? Um, <laughs> you know, like for example, and it's funny, like in the moment, I feel like I was kind of mad about it, but now, like, we talk about it with everybody and just laugh. But you know, some of the residents just you can tell they're not super excited to work with students and. I just remember one morning, um, Brad and I, who's another another guy in our class, uh, we were working and we were on colorectal surgery, which just, I mean, as you can imagine, is just not great from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we just had this particular resident that just wasn't, she just wasn't excited about life or students or <laughs> mostly anything. Um, <laughs> But Brad is like, if you know Brad, he's like one of the most bubbly, nicest, most approachable human beings on the planet. And it was like, you know, we had to get there at like 530 in the morning and we walked down there and he's like, good morning, so and so. And she, no joke, like deadpan, looks up at him, rolls her eyes and looks back down at her computer. And he's just like, oh my gosh, like the look on his face. I'll just never forget it. It was crazy. That is that. That's <laughs> like, pretty quintessential. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a surge. <laughs> that that was that was the gen surge experience for sure. Yeah. Not always, but. No, there were definitely some great residents on gen surge too, but yeah. this particular resident was just a, she's a character. That's yeah. for sure. That's that's really funny. It's always funny when like certain doctors or residents have like a reputation. Um, cause I remember like working with, uh, one of the physicians that had a reputation as being like really mean to students and, and even like residents and stuff. And, um, she was just having to be in a good mood that day because she was like, Hey, what's your name? And I was like, Oh my gosh, they asked me my name. And, and so I told her like, Oh, it's Luke. And, and she was like, 
oh, well, thank you so much for helping with this surgery today. And I was just like, whoa. And so I like walked out and everyone was like, oh my gosh, you worked with her. How was that? I bet you had a rough time. I was like, no, I didn't. Like, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's hilarious though. Yeah. Probably one of my other favorite stories, um, was on psych and there was a particularly, uh, sick man and he, I mean, he really just didn't, he really just wasn't oriented or anything like that. But I, I passed by him one day and he like stared me down as I was walking and he goes, you're pretty. And I like, pa- I like didn't say anything. Cause it's like, I don't know. I just didn't want to respond. So I didn't respond to him. I just kind of looked at him and passed by him. And he goes, no, you're not. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, man, he really built me up just to tear me down. <laughs> That's amazing. Psych wow. is awesome. <laughs> Psych is definitely a place for adventures. That's 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 for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you'll see a lot of see a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, I mean, I got hit on in Psych too. Oh yeah, I, like people just not you know people aren't thinking well. That's yeah, really that's all true. it is. Is you know they're they're not thinking well because most people are not that bold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been hit on <coughs> some just totally normal people. Oh, oh. at the at the VA. <laughs> No. Oh. No. Oh. Actually, on family medicine. Oh, really? Yeah. I walked into this guy's room, and he was probably, like, mid-30s or something like that. And um, the funny thing is you find out later when you're talking to him, he's married with kids and stuff. But, Yikes. you know, yeah. That makes it so much worse. I know, right? <laughs> but, like, knock on his door, walk into his room, and, and you know how we, like, have to introduce ourselves. So I was just like, hey, I'm Mackenzie. I'm a third-year student. Um you know, is it okay if I talk to you? And he was like, if anyone looks like you, they can talk to me. And I was like, um, um so what brings you in today? <laughs> that's, that's pretty creepy. It I, really was. And then, you know, you have to do a physical exam on them and get like all close to them. And I was just like, dude, like, I'm just gonna, I just like stood like arms length holding my stethoscope against his chest. <laughs> have you ever been hit on Dane by a patient? Uh, no, but, uh, when I was in free clinic one time, um, uh, I had a Spanish speaking patient that, that spoke okay English, but there's a little bit of a language barrier. And so back when I was a second year medical student, I was very conscientious about doing every part of the physical exam that I, that I felt comfortable with. So, you know, when you auscultate a woman's mitral valve, okay, you have to have her lift up part of her breast tissue so you can get a more clear auscultation. Mm-hmm. So I told her for her to kind of lift up her left breast so I could listen. She couldn't quite understand it. I had to keep repeating it. And eventually she just took her bra off, everything off, and flashed me. And I was like, no! And finally, and her daughter was, and her 12-year-old daughter was in the room too. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I said, no, 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 no. She understood finally she wasn't supposed to do that. She like immediately put her clothes, put her top back on, and she turned blood red, and her daughter turned blood red, and they just started laughing hysterically. Oh, oh my gosh. Of course that would happen. I, I swear, like, of all of the, of all of, like, the awkward stories about medical school I've heard, probably 90% of them are yours. And I feel like... The other just... 10% are Brad's. Wrong place, wrong time. Like... Wrong situation. Yeah. Um, oh, my god. I think that's probably the most awkward I've ever been in. Uh, 
I immediately like stepped out and told everyone the story just to make sure that I was on record saying that that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so they don't like come back over and they're like, that's probably smart. what did you do? <laughs> Why did you ask a patient to flash you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, um, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I wonder if, and maybe you can speak on this, like girls probably get hit, hit on more than, than like guys do. I'm maybe. Just, yeah. Sure. And honestly, like, not that it's appropriate or right or anything, but, like, when an old man at the VA hits on me, I just kind of roll my eyes, and, like, I feel like most women are just kind of... It's still terrible, but a lot of women are just kind of accepted, like, whatever. But, like, when somebody that's kind of close in age to me hits on me, it's really, like, disturbing, and (laughs) you're just like, I don't know how to proceed from here, (laughs) because you just made this super awkward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I like I said my experience was just with psych but I didn't like have any issues with like yeah. any patient ever doing that I mean I I guess I had like the occasional old lady on my family medicine be like oh wow yeah but like not like her checking me out but she was like in her head thinking like okay what people do I know at my church that I could like put this young medical student <laughs> up with yeah. actually oh you know what I forgot about this on family medicine I had uh this this patient um try to hook me up with his daughter he like was like this might be a weird question for you. Like, I'm in the middle of, like, asking him about, like, hey, how's your heart? And he's like, maybe a weird question for you, but are you single? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, because I've got a daughter. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I just kind of brushed yeah. it off. But, yeah. Yeah. I think the clo- the only time anything even close to that has ever happened to me. I was also in family medicine. I don't know why family medicine, wow. these things <laughs> seem to happen. But like One-on-one in the room. They, I like, guess. know they have your attention or something. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Um Anyway, there was an older woman, and I interviewed her, and she had to get a pap smear. And so most of the time on family medicine, when a woman needed a pap smear, I got kicked out. Um, but anyway, so I went back to the doctor's office in the back of the clinic, and the uh, phys- uh, the attending physician went and talked to her, and she came back out and said, you know that patient said when I told her she needed a pap smear, she said, that handsome young man isn't going to be in here when I get my pap smear. She- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. Handsome young man. <laughs> no, I will not be in there. I will not be in there. But That's yeah, funny. I got a good. I got a lot of opportunities to do some good OB/GYN care on family, but I feel like and it's not really fair to the male students. But I feel like the female students get a little bit more leeway with like getting pap smears and stuff like that sure i mean that's understandable i mean if if you feel uncomfortable with the opposite sex kind of looking at a private part i'm okay with that yeah i I understand that but Mm -hmm. yeah actually it was always kind of surprising when we were in women's clinic i kind of felt like a lot of times the residents you know really wanted like the male students and just the students in general to really get a lot of good experience doing pelvic exams and doing pap smears so a lot of times they kind of would not browbeat, but they kind of would just be like, oh, hey, uh, you know, uh, this guy here, he's going to do your pap smear. And kind of almost just kind of brush through it real quick, which, you know, is I'm, like, glad I got the experience to do, like, a pap smear in clinic and do pelvic exams. But it at the same time, I was always a little bit like, ah, this is a little bit kind of like, you're not really quite checking with the patient to make sure this is okay first. But Yeah, yeah I always feel like it's, it's best if you're going to, you know, 
just future, if you're going to ask a patient if it's okay for the med student to be in the room, to just do that one-on-one. Because mm-hmm. I remember a lady in women's clinic where mm-hmm. it was me and the attending and the nurse and the resident. And that's when they asked if it was okay if oh, I stayed in yeah. the room. And so she kind of looked around at all of us, and I know she felt the pressure to say yes. So she, she allowed me to stay, mm-hmm. but she, she was pretty nervous about it. And mm-hmm. I think it would have been best at the end of the day for me to step out of the room and, and you know, for us to not put her in that position. but Yeah, particularly when you're not the one actually going to be doing the pelvic exam because you're yeah. not really gaining a whole lot. I mean, lot I'm just that. watching. Yeah. And, you know, for people that are getting a, a pelvic exam, they're like, why is this weird dude watching? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just yeah. intently staring. And, you know, you know, I'm learning through that. You know, there's there's nothing weird going on, um, but it, it's strange. I mean, yeah, it's a strange For part. sure. When so. I was on uh, OB-GYN, uh, you know, we'd watch C-sections and stuff and part- actually participate in them. Um, but I went to ask permission of this lady and I've been accused of being like way too, um, like apologetic when asking for permission because I'm, I mean, that's just how I feel. Like if I'm going to, especially with the delivery, like this is a very big moment in your life. Like, are you okay with the medical student being in there? And she paused for a minute. She was like, um, uh, you know, she started stuttering. I was like, if you're not comfortable, seriously, it's okay. She goes, well, you're not going to do it, are you? And I was like, no, I'm not going to do your C-section for you. So it's like patients don't know. What you even mean sometimes. Yeah. So you have to be, like, really specific about, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, be gowned and gloved and be, like, sitting there learning, and I might, like, hold mm-hmm. something. But, like, yeah. I will have nothing to do with anything sharp, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Did you ever, have you ever had like a patient tell you like, you're like, Hey, you know, is it okay? Or if you ask permission or, or you're just saying, yeah, I'm going to be a part of this procedure. And they were like, no, I don't want you a part of it. Has that happened? I had that on, uh, not like a procedure. I, I've found that most, uh, most patients don't really care about procedures, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. You'd think it'd be, be the opposite, but on family medicine, I had that a couple of times where they had something just really sensitive that they wanted to talk to their physician about and so I'd go in there and be like hey I'm a medical student can I talk to you and they'd be like actually like they'd always be so apologetic too like I'm so sorry can I just talk to doctor so and so and uh, I'd be like yeah that's perfectly fine like I I totally understand there are certain things that you don't want to like talk to somebody about the very first time you meet them Mm Yeah. Whether they're a student or not. Why it's so important in family medicine to establish that rapport and, you know, you get that lifelong. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the physicians I worked with, you know, had been seeing their patients for upwards of 15 years or something like that. I'm sure that's a a big draw of it. I mean, I I once heard like family medicine described as like birth to death. It's Mm -hmm. the only like field where you can handle someone literally from the time they're born to the time they die. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah. And like going into the clerkship, I definitely that was a draw to it, but actually getting to do the clerkship where like I would go do a well child check on a four year old. And then my next patient would be like an 88 year old with hypertension or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the two after that would be like new OB patients or something mm-hmm. like that. It's just a lot of variety throughout the day that I really mm-hmm. liked. Yeah. With, um, with family medicine, um, you know, do you want to do any kind of subspecialty with that? You know, I know that, like, so family medicine, you can do sports medicine. Um, you can do, like, an OB fellowship, so you mm-hmm. can do C-sections. Like, do you have any interest in anything like that? So I've definitely thought about doing an OB fellowship. Um, it kind of all depends on, like, where I want my practice to go and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. 
I really want to do global medicine. Um, and you know, there's some programs out there that have like a global medicine track, um, where you kind of focus on that throughout and then you'll go on some international trips and stuff like that. So that would probably, I don't necessarily want to specialize, but just like being well equipped to handle, um, you know, issues in places where you don't have the best care. That's kind of what I picture myself doing in the future. Yeah. No, that's great. Which is kind of why I was like, I really want to be good at OB because it's like, I might not have access to an obstetrician out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Be your own OB. Yeah. It's not, that can't happen Raleigh, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't quite sure getting it until it took me a second. I was like, Oh yeah. It's kind of like earlier when I made fun of you, you just glossed over it and just went right back to your question. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, I do not have time yeah. for shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not, you're not taking any of my crap today. That's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Dane, you still want to do med peds, right? Yeah. Right now I'm kind of going back and forth. Um, you know, uh, I also like that idea of taking care from birth to death as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the idea of subspecializing, like I really like rheumatology and doing like congenital room versus, you know, adult room and kind of merging those together or doing electrophysiology and kind of doing that transition to care. And like you too, I kind of also like have become really interested in global health. I used to be really big into maybe doing more academic and research type things. But I think as I've gotten older, I think I'd rather kind of just be a clinician more so than a, a, a scientist. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking of right now. But we'll see, you know, the only problem is with med-peds as opposed to family medicine. It's a year compared to family medicine. And although you get more pediatric experience than the family docs do, the problem is with peds is peds is very, um, it's very academic. And so you ne- you can't really, you'll get a lot of training on the peds side, but you can't actually practice that. Mm-hmm. Whereas family doc, you know, you're trained to see peds as an outpatient, which you can do no matter where you're at. And I'll be able to do it too, but all that critical care and experience I'll get, like, unless I do a picky fellowship, I can't really practice that. Right. Um, so we'll see. Um, it's kind of between that and medicine right now, but yeah. yeah. Luke's, Luke's going to be an OB guy. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how interested I am in global health. I mean, I think that obviously it's, it's super important, but I think I want to focus on like, how can I impact the city that I live in and mm-hmm. the community and, yeah, and that kind of sure. stuff. So um, I think we all know that we have a, like, we feel an obligation and a responsibility as doctors to, like, mm-hmm. not just take care of, like, the people that come to us, but maybe, like, how can we use the gifts that we've been given to, like, serve others and stuff, and, yeah, I think we're all kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah I don't know how it's going to be manifested, but Yeah, it's I don't know. Cool. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, and I agree with Luke. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of communities here in the U.S. that really need our help as well, mm-hmm. and so I think, you know, even if global health doesn't play out for any one of us. There's so many opportunities just here in the U.S. Oh, for sure. Um, so many free clinics and mm-hmm. stuff that would be and great to work at. Exactly. And there's a lot, and those free clinics honestly need more. They need more volume, and then also some of them need more services. I mean, you can be at a free clinic, but if someone needs their gallbladder taken out, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a free surgery center really anywhere around here. Right, yeah. So many are, are limited, and then on top of that, like, you know, they can only see so many patients. So mm-hmm. what do you do to the if you have a capacity of 200, what do you do to the 201st yeah. patient? Do you really want to send somebody away? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So, well, guys, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Um, we're going to have another guest our next episode. 
Um, we're still trying to kind of get down the logistics for that, but we we'll hope you guys will tune in. Yeah, we've been really enjoying like making this podcast. It's been really fun, and like today, like it was so much better just to have like somebody on it. So yeah. thanks for being on it, Mackenzie. Like we appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. So well, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed getting an insight into family medicine. Yeah. All right, guys. This is Dane. This is Luke. This is Mackenzie. Signing off. <laughs>